0: And it's going to be cheesy, but comment, like, subscribe.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that revisions, you know, putting putting those things into the contract, putting number of revisions in and putting timelines in, putting payment details in, that's one of the things that a lot of people tend to forget about is they might include a payment amount, but not necessarily a payment yeah. schedule. Like, when am I getting paid? Is it before? Is it after? Are there milestones that I need to hit? Um, I, I actually always recommend this tool. It's called Andco. It's just A-N-D to new freelancers. And it's kind of what I started basing my contracts off of. It has some great templates on there. Uh, and they cover a lot of those things that you, you don't think about. Cause when you're first accepting a project, you've never done this before. You're not, you know, you don't think about those little, those little details. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's all kinds of small little things. Another thing, uh, for me is hours of availability. So yes. I'm right. I'm not necessarily, oh, that's huge. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I get, have received, 10 p.m. phone calls before. I've received DMs to my personal Instagram about a project. Uh, <laughs> you know, just all of that, you know, detailing and making sure that your client understands how you're available, when you're available, uh, the hour, you know, the the turnaround time for your communication. So I'm, I'm definitely an under-promise, over-deliver type person. I'm happy to hop on a call with a client. I, I don't want it to seem like I'm not, but you know, place and time, 10 p.m. for a non-emergency isn't really necessary. Uh, so, yeah, detailing all of that stuff is super important.
2: Yeah, because we definitely know that you offer um, coaching, which is really awesome. And there's some really great testimonials yeah. on, your, um, on your on your on your Web So can you just give everyone like a, just a brief oversight of of like what you do as far as coaching and. Yeah. And like
1: Yeah. So I, I, you know, started a YouTube channel and a podcast and all that really just detailing my freelance journey and giving tips and advice on that. And through that came an online course, uh, which really just teaches people how to start their own freelance social media management business. And then through that, I started to get a lot more questions and kind of next level questions. People were really growing with the course and they had gotten past that starting their business point. And then now they were having client questions and workflow questions and things like that. And so I decided to start doing one-on-one coaching. It's been a couple years now since I started doing that. And it's been so valuable. Um, It's really become kind of my favorite part of my job. Honestly, it's just great to have that connection and to have that impact on people. So uh, I do a three month program and We go through, we meet every other week and then on the off weeks, they get a workbook and, you know, worksheets and things to work on in their business to really develop their brand, improve their client relationships, acquire new clients, work out their pricing issues, all of those things. So it's been,
0: it's been really good.
2: Wow. That's pretty amazing. Yeah.
0: And where can people find you if they're interested in potentially working with you.
1: Yeah. So if you're interested in any of the coaching or online resources, I have a ton of free YouTube videos and podcasts and all that. You can find all of that at latashajames.com. And then my business, if you're interested in social media management or any of the other fun things that I do, it's just called James and Park. So jamesandpark.com. Awesome.
0: Thank you. Yeah. So I have a sort of, because I'm sorry, strange question, but you had <laughs> mentioned about, um, you know, clients suddenly popping up in your DMs in your <laughs> personal account. Yeah. Um, I was talking to someone else recently um, about how we felt like our personal, first, actually, and I even talked about this in the beginning, about like your, you no longer have a personal Instagram, even if it is your personal Instagram. Right. So it sort of harkens back to that. Um. And my friend and colleague and I were discussing um, how... You know, obviously, like, you're not going to put when you're sick on your Instagram. Right. Right. Like, no <laughs> one wants to see that. Um, and you're, if you're sick, the last thing you want to do is, like, do a post about it because you're sick. Yeah. You know, are trying to find your medicine and, yeah. like, keep fluids down or something. Um, and it just experiences with, um, let's say that, like, you are sick or you were sick. And you maybe you're just like, oh, it's been a while since I've posted or I went to this event and it's time for me to do an event recap. Or maybe like you're really not feeling well, but you have to cover an event. Mm -hmm. And so you go to the event and, you know, you post about it like you're supposed to, even though you're like doggone tired. And then getting flack about it from people who follow you like, I thought you were sick. (laughs) Yeah. Or
1: people not understanding the concept of scheduling posts. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. I've, I've got, right. <laughs> I've I'm not,
0: I'm never actually where I am right. in, yeah. in the photo. Like, yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a challenge. And I mean, I I don't know that I have a great answer for that, to be honest, because it's definitely something that I still struggle with. Um, yeah. Besides just knowing that that's not the professional um, way for my clients to reach out to me, you know, and, and that's a conversation that I have, with them, just letting them know that the best place. And, and I kind of frame it as you get my priority inbox, you get my client inbox, which comes to my phone. You're going to reach me better on there than my Instagram, which I have the notifications turned off. So, you know, I don't get the push notifications because I got to keep my, my head clear somehow. So I kind of frame it that way. Like you're getting my priority inbox and reach out to me there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely still had those situations sometimes where it is like I'm sick and then a post goes up because it was scheduled yeah. and, it, you know, they don't really understand that. And and not just clients, but just people in general who send me DMs or something might not understand. Well, why is she ignoring me? It's like, I'm not ignoring
2: you. I, I really didn't post that.
1: It was scheduled to go out a couple days ago.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, exactly. And just revisiting your point about setting boundaries. With clients i think that's so important and that just brings me back to when i was working for a medical practice a few years ago a few of the internists they um began doing a i think it's called like a concierge or a boutique service mm-hmm. which pretty much gave our clients like 24 7 access to them so they have like um not clients but patients So patients will call them at like 11 o'clock at night
1: My midnight, night
2: like three in the morning i'm like oh man like you have definitely got to set some boundaries because if these oral folks and they'll definitely Think that you know, just just twenty four seven. Like, hey, right, hit me up. Like, I'm here to work for you. Two o'clock in the morning. It's like,
1: nah, I'm sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If anyone's calling me after ten p.m.,
0: it I'm gonna assume it's an emergency. <laughs> you know, <Right>. that's the <laughs> like... worst thing is that you think it's an emergency and then it's not. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. I, I I find it difficult also sometimes um with clients in extremely different time zones mm, yeah and th- th- those can be like totally innocent like someone in australia will just forget that i'm not in australia yep but you know and you get a call and when it's like 3 a.m or 4 a.m you really you think like oh my god <laughs> i need to go to the er it's like something terrible has happened right and then it's just like no nope, they're just and yeah that that happened a couple of times and then i realized that i just had to set my phone on do not disturb Yep. Yes, I do. Um, I do preventos. that as well. Uh, and then you know, just select like anyone who would be calling me if there were an emergency. It's make so sure that they can like get me between those times. But you know, if a client forgets that I'm not in Australia, right? And I'm not going to get that call where I, a I am like, oh my god, what's happening? <laughs> oh, is everyone okay? And then oh, everyone's totally fine. It's a beautiful sunny day over there. Yeah. Uh, someone just forgot. Um, And that can happen, you know, uh, that can happen both ways. So this is, this is just like a human thing.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: But that also felt, I was like, that was like a difficult thing for me to be like, no, this is, you're allowed to set these hours. Yeah. um, And just like, like choose who can call through and they will basically, in my case, they're only people who would be calling me if there were an actual emergency. Yep. Yep, exactly. But but yeah, it's funny how you have to have that conversation. Um, I think what actually got me, it, we had just opened submissions to the festival mm-hmm. and, um, and truly like you were saying about how the best way to reach you is actually the business email that you gave them. Right. It's, you know, like surprise, surprise. It is actually being like seen yep. um, and tracked like at a, at like a faster like you have the notifications. Like, right. um, but I had, we had just opened submissions and I was tired and I was doing, they were all later grams. Like everything is later gram. Mm -hmm. Um, and my personal inbox, like social media inboxes started getting like flooded with questions about the festival and things about the festival. And like, yeah. And so then I actually, for like a couple of days, every post I would be, I put in there, I was like, And this is a later gram, everyone. (laughs) I'm actually feeling unwell until my friend who was a digital marketer was like, um, you know, let me tell you another way to handle this. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, and and what she said was, you know, just tell them that they will receive like all the best, like up-to-date information regarding marketing and social media, like next week. And just to wait it out through the weekend, because this is something that you're working on, particularly for them and redirect them to that email or the like, or the Instagram that's like for that business. Right. Um, And to not be, you know, pinging you on your personal all throughout the weekend. And then questioning, like, are you really sick? (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah, I got super triggered over that. Um, Oh, yeah. And I was, and fortunately, I had a friend who was in digital marketing. And she was like, instead of just putting... This is a later gram I'm sick on all of your posts this week because you're pissed off. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. I would recommend doing this other thing and I was like, "Oh, that was so smart." That's why you do what you hear really good at what you do. Yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, that's that's what I should have done. Yeah. But, yeah, the doctor's children are always sick. Um So, it's a hard thing to remember for yourself. It was a great thing to be told though. For sure.
1: And I and I think there's just a certain level of I don't want this to sound negative, but you kind of just have to not care as much either. I mean, obviously, if my client has an issue, then I'm going to care and I'm going to take care of things and and redirect the conversation. But if, you know, I get a ton of questions, just, oh, you posted this YouTube video. 4 years ago, can I ask you a question about something and obviously I care about those folks, but I can't spend hours and hours and hours in my Instagram DMs yeah. every day. So you you know, you just have to set, set boundaries, you know? You have to let people know that leave a comment on my videos. If you have a question about a video, don't come to my DMs necessarily or just understand that there might be a delay and I might get to them in a couple weeks. You know, if they're yeah. not urgent things. I, I might get to them in a couple of weeks when I have the free time. And when I, when I'm in that space where I want to check my DMs and I'm wanting to have conversations, I, I don't always have that time or that desire
0: to spend on, you know, DMs. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's also something that like, if I were looking back on, I would have like baked into my process.
1: Yeah. Cause
0: I'm just doing it now. Yep. Um, Cause obviously Instagram didn't exist. I remember when Twitter came out. Yeah. Um, And like getting a business Twitter. Like, so um, I didn't anticipate so many platforms. Right. um, And how, you know, they would be used. But I think that, yeah, a lot of this, like, is something that you can retroactively bake in in terms of like, really, this is the best way to reach me. Yep. Like, and say it three times. And three times generally does the trick.
2: Mm hmm. For sure. when you first started out like did you find yourself ever compromising like on your rates like because you know like you said when you first start out you're often zealous and you're just so excited to get this client so did you ever find yourself like accepting work below your rate just out of zealous and you know wanting to just you know just being so excited to have a client like starting out your early years
1: yeah absolutely i mean i i like i said i think my first freelance gig was $20 a blog post. It wasn't making me rich by any means. But, you know, I do think that there is a bit of compromise involved too, because it was great experience and it was portfolio work and it it was a healthy environment. So I will say that it wasn't uh, underpaying and being really toxic. So for me, it was a mostly positive experience. I I talk a lot about portfolio projects. I think, you got to start somewhere and Mm -hmm. it is really hard to, to, uh, you know, charge a full rate for something if you've never done it before. So I definitely, especially with, with video stuff, I would often get referred by friends or, you know, friends would own businesses and I worked with authors and things like that. And I would definitely give them deals if you will. But They were my ideal clients, so they were really good portfolio pieces. They weren't Mm -hmm. just anybody who wanted it, who wasn't going to be a good case study, a good portfolio piece. And I also think if you're doing it strategically and either working with nonprofits, that's another thing that I would do a lot is work with nonprofits or um, charitable organizations and things like that. So I could kind of justify it by, well, it's me sort of giving back to Uh, So doing it with good reason, doing it strategically, I think is important and not just giving anybody who asks for a deal, a deal.
2: Right. I agree. Yeah. That's kind of, kind of the position. And then I was just hired in my freelancing affairs. I was just hired by a guy I know personally who runs a nonprofit. He's a music instructor and um, he wants me to to produce a short documentary for him, which is exciting. So I'm I'm all with you. Yeah. Um, Personally, for me, like starting out, like I'm super blessed to have like friends and family and friends of family who... You know are willing to trust me and to allow me to continue to build my portfolio you know until you get to the place like you are and you know you guys are both pretty seasoned so you're at the place where okay now i have a strong portfolio because i work my way here now here is the rate because i've earned this like i've worked my way up here so
0: but you yeah. still have to fight for it constantly